Hey, uh, good morning to you. I'm glad to be here. Just in case you don't remember, my name is Rich. And last time we talked about remembering Jesus. Let's open our Bibles, 2 Timothy chapter 2 again. We're going to pick it up there where we left off. Has some good stuff for you today. There's always good stuff, though, in the Word, though, right? Always, always, always. And if your vent is closed right by you, you can open that if you, if you feel like you're getting hot. Because uh... Remember Jesus, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We looked at that uh, last week. No matter what we're going through, Saul, uh, Saul or Paul was facing death, wasn't he? And, and this is what he tells Timothy. Remember Jesus. Remember Jesus the Christ who was risen from the dead. And, and no matter what it is that you and I face in all the things that we face, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and Dan, have you ever, ever faced anything ugly, ugly in your life? Just, just want to see if you're with me. No matter what it is that you and I face, let's bring Jesus into it. Let's remember him. Let's get our focus on him. That's really, that's really what I got out of that, uh, that particular passage, no matter, no matter what it is. Because Jesus can't be stopped. And we saw there, it also says in, in that section there, that his word cannot be stopped as well. You can bury the workmen, but what? The work will go on. You can try to stop the word, you can try to stop the servants of God, but the word of God is not chained and it keeps going forward. It will go on because it's eternal. God's word, God's word is eternal. So let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for what you want to teach us, what you want to reach us with. And, and each one of us are coming from different places each one of us has different struggles, good, bad, and ugly. And, and, and Lord, we want to come and bring our hearts today. Lord, maybe it's just one word. Maybe it's just one sentence, one verse that brings us to, to a place of freedom, that brings us to a place of victory, a, a place of hope and purpose in our lives. Lord, open our eyes and our ears to hear from you today, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, uh, any of you good in math? You know, believe it or not, when I was in high school, I was like in advanced math courses. Like I was getting an A in math and an F in PE. Like how do you do that? Well, it's easy. You don't show up, right? And you're off doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing. But, you know, I was taking, you know, math, these math courses and, and uh, calculus. I was in, uh, I was in uh, 12th grade. Well, actually... I'll back it up a little bit. I'd gotten kicked out of that high school for doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. I went to another high school, and then for my 12th grade, they let me come back. And so I was there. And again, I'm doing stuff that you just really shouldn't be done. And, and, uh, and so they let me come back, but uh, I was taking a, in a, a calculus course in 12th grade, and it was from, really it was from the, uh, the junior college. And they had a guy that came in and taught the course. And, and so I was into all that stuff, you know. Um, but do I remember any of it now? No, of course not. You know, we got, we got math today, though. It, you know, it, and, and even if you're not, like, all involved in, in math and, and that kind of thing in science, but there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the scientific world and in, in, in the realm of computers, for example. 
in the realm of logic. And uh, this phrase here, anybody seen that phrase before? If you're into these kinds of things that I've been talking about. And uh, it's, it's called a conditional statement, okay? Bear with me here. You know, we have this kind of logic, this reasoning. Sometimes if, if something, then something, right? That's kind of how that works. And the first one's like a hypothesis, and the second one is a conclusion. Well, if, then. And, and those kinds of things are used in computers all the time. Is that right? Anybody know about computers? Is this true? So it's, like, it's all part of the way the computers actually function. And, and, but, but you know what? It's not just computers. It's really about a lot of things. Now, now these, these conditional statements, sometimes they're both true. But are they always both true? Let me, let me ask you. If you do a bad job, then you will get a raise. If you know the boss, you might. I've worked at places where I've seen people doing a horrible job, and they were just getting raises along with everybody else. How about if you do a good job, then you will get a raise? Not necessarily. How many of you are saying, man, I'm doing the best job that I know how, and, and I haven't, they didn't give me a raise? That other guy over there, that other girl over there, they got raises. How about this? If I preach a long time, then you will go to sleep. <laughs> go ahead. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Even with a bad ear, I can, I can hear you out of this ear. <laughs> how, about, how about this one? I read this one. If the mouse steps on the trap, then the trap will spring. How many times have you set a trap with peanut butter and you go in there and the peanut butter's gone? That trap is like just the way you left it. Is that, has that ever happened to you? You see, it, it, it gets complicated, doesn't it? In life, anyways. But I know that some of you are saying, especially you people that are, 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 are just visiting here or you're new here, you're going like, where is this guy coming from? Like, what has that got to do with the Bible or anything about God or about anything? Well, what I want to say to you today is what we're looking at is full of these kinds of statements. And the Bible is full of those kinds of statements, conditional statements, if, then, right? You'll see what I mean. But one thing that I want to make very, very clear from the very beginning is though, though in life it's not always so clear, it's not always necessarily true, it might be, it might not be, in the Word of God it's always true. The promises of God are always true. The Word of God is always true. If that's what it says and it's clear, well, even if it's not clear to us, if that's what the Bible says, that's what the Word of God says and means and it's true. Keep that in mind. Let's look at uh, verses 11 through 13. Paul says, here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. 
Do you see the statements there? That's just a whole bunch of them together. But again, like they're all through the Bible, we're going to look at some of those. But, but this is a trustworthy saying, Paul says. Now, Paul's used that phrase before. But what he, what he means when he's saying this is a trustworthy saying, in other words, you can count on it. This is the truth. And God's word is truth. You can count on it. You can take it to the bank. You can depend on it. And these things that we find here and the things we find in God's word are true. We're challenged by the truth sometimes. But the truth is always the truth no matter what. How about, uh, how about some of these statements? Help me out here if you will. Um, Are these biblical statements now? Okay, help me out. I need some help here. If we believe in him, we have eternal life. Is that true? Okay. If we do good works, we will go to heaven. If we have number one and number two, they kind of work together. Number two kind of comes out of number one. If I pray, God will hear me. Is that true? I pray, God will hear me. Do you always feel that way, though? Again, this is the kind of thing, these, these things that we read in God's Word, we're saying that they're truth, but do we always feel? Do we go by our feelings, or do we, do we go by what it says there? That's the question that we all... Okay. This is my favorite. If I follow Him... Life will be easy. Man, that's a problem, isn't it? What's the problem with that? But didn't they promise you that? If you just believe in Jesus, your life is going to be, oh man, God is going to bless you so much. You're going to have so much stuff. You're going to be happy all the time. You're never going to have a problem, never going to have a trial, never. Nothing is ever going to go wrong. Your car will never break down, for sure. <laughs> Did anybody ever, you ever get that impression? No. The call to follow Jesus is a call to follow Jesus, no matter what. That's the bottom line of that. But let's go back to our passage here now and, and just look at these different uh, statements. There's, really, there's four, of them, four of them here, right? If we died with him, he says... We will also live with him. If we died with him, we will also live with him. So what is he talking about there? What does he mean if we died with him? When did we die with him? Well, the Bible, again, we, we interpret the Bible by the Bible, by what the word of God says. And Paul says earlier uh, in Romans chapter 6, don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Christ, into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were immersed into his death, and when we trusted in him on the cross, we died with him. But how about this verse? This is one of the ones that I learned when I was a, a new believer. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me loved me and gave himself for me. If we died with him, I've been crucified with Christ. You see, there's like this identification that, that when we come to him, we are identifying ourselves with him. We die with him. 
That's not the only verses, though, right? How about, how about this one here? For you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You died. Now, we don't walk around saying and feeling like I died. But this is what the word of God is telling us, that as we identify with him, as we trust in him, we die with him. But what Paul is saying in the first in the verse here in 2 Timothy is we will also live with him. You see, there's, there's an if, right? Then. If we died with him, if we've come to that place where we died, then our life is hidden with Christ in God. But how does it happen? If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How does this happen? It happens by faith. By putting our trust in him, right? This is just, you know, salvation 101, right? I'm not going to get to the calculus today. Although, what I find about God's word is that sometimes the, the most simplest of truths are the most profound and deep. This, that as we confess Jesus Christ, that he's our Lord, that we believe in our heart that God raised from the, from the dead, that something profound takes place in our lives, in our hearts. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we haven't come to that place where we, where we just give it all to Jesus, where we receive his death upon the cross, where we receive uh, all that he has to give, if we never come and surrender to that place, then don't count on living with him. Right? Isn't that the conditional statement? If is a big if. One of the biggest uh, false truths, I think, that, that is uh, alive on planet Earth is that Everyone will live with him, no matter what. But that's not what the Bible teaches, is it? It says, if we died with him, we will live with him. If we confess him as our Lord. If we believe in him as our Savior. If we come to him, surrender, and, and give our lives completely over to him, then eternal life will be ours. It's kind of important, don't you think? One that I don't have up, but, but is one of my favorites. He says, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, he says, if anyone is in Christ, what? He's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. If, if, if. That's a big if, isn't it? How about the second one here? Let's look at that one. If we endure, we, also, we will also reign with him. If we endure. Now, I, like, I find it interesting, he says, if we endure, not if we have trials, right? He says, if we endure. Kind of taking for granted that we're going to face trials, and we're going to face these different things, and, and we're called to endure, to, to hold up under, and to continue to, to, to uh, persevere, right? Through suffering, trials, and troubles. Persecution. Paul was facing persecution, wasn't he? Paul was in jail. He was in prison because of his faith in Jesus Christ. He was in a dungeon. But he said, you know what? We need to endure. You need to endure no matter what it is you're facing. You need to hold on, hang on, 
Hang on to Jesus. Remember Jesus. Endure through those things that you're, that you're facing, no matter what they are, because there's something up ahead. And that's what he's saying. There's something up ahead that will come. Now, can you see that when you're in the middle of it? No, I can't. But he says here that, that we're going to reign with him. We are going to reign with him like, man, that's kind of a, that's kind of a radical thing, right? We're going to reign with him. But look what it says in Revelation. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. God has plans for us that we don't even understand, that we, we can't even comprehend. But, but here and now, we need to endure. We need to persevere. Don't give up. Don't quit. But the wonderful thing about it is that he gives us his strength to persevere, to endure. He doesn't say just endure, do the very best you can, and let me know when you get to the other side. He says, no, I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to give you the strength you need. But look to me, he says. Look to me. Remember me, Jesus says to you and I. It's not always going to be this way. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes, uh, you know, I just get to the place where I just say, gosh, I, I just want to go home. I want to go home to heaven. My, my home is in heaven, by the way. It's not over on Reland Avenue, by the way. That's just a temporary place. We're just renting over there, more or less. You never own anything around here anyways. I just want to go home. I just want to be home with him. Any of you ever feel that way? Just this world, the scary, crazy world that, we, that we're in. But, but he wants us to endure because he does have a place for us. He does have a plan for us. He does have a purpose for you. And, and even what you're going through, there's something that's could that will come out of it. I was reading a book. Uh, I am reading it. It's a... Uh, it's uh, by a girl named Laura Story. Any of you know who that is? Yeah. And, uh, you know, she, her husband ended up with brain cancer, brain tumor, right? And, uh, you know, she, the story basically is, is what, you know, uh, uh, the title is something like uh, When God Doesn't Fix It, something like that. Anyways, but, but one of the chapters that kind of stuck out to me, and it, it's kind of, to be honest with you, it's kind of hard reading. Like, I was kind of finding myself getting depressed because, like, man, she's, this girl's going through all this stuff. And, and like, but, but in one chapter, she talked about, you know, the questions that we ask, you know, where we get to the place where we say, why is this happening? Why do I have to go through this? Why? Why? And, and any of you ever say why? That question kind of comes to mind. Well, you wouldn't admit it to me now anyways. But. but she says the better question, I think, to, to get from the why question to the get to the how question of, is, is God, how are you going to use this for your glory? How are you going to turn this into my good? How are you going to make this uh, bring honor to you? Kind of gives a different picture to, to the things that we go through, doesn't it? How about the next one? If we disown him, 
he also will disown us. That's kind of harsh language, isn't it, Pastor? Hey, I didn't write it. That's just what it says, right? If we disown him, and the word means to deny, to reject, to refuse. Are people in this world denying, rejecting, and refusing Jesus Christ in this, in this day and age? Absolutely. So how can you possibly say that everyone will be saved because they're, they're you know, and, and, and you and I have, have been at that place before. We, didn't, we weren't born trusting in Jesus. I'm sorry. You know, I, hear, I hear people's testimony. You know, I, I, I was born a Christian. Well, that's not true. That's not biblical. We're born sinners, and we come to a place where we understand the gospel that Jesus died for me, and I receive that. Right? But... Before that, we were rejecting him just like anybody else. We were denying him. We were refusing him. I was. I don't know anything about that. I told you the story many times of, you know, us as a group of kids going into the back of, back of the church there. And a uh, little Pentecostal church, and we're in the back there smoking cigarettes and, and making fun of them, laughing at them and, and all this stuff. And somehow, I told you this story, somehow they got us to go up to the front to let us pray, to let them pray for us. Like, I, I still, to this day, I don't know how they did it, right? Because we're up in the front, down like on our knees and stuff, and they're laying hands on us, praying for us, and we were there having a good time. I still wonder if somehow the prayers of those saints had a, an effect in my life. I, I believe they did. I can't believe any different. The sad thing, I, I drove by there... Uh, in the last year or two, and uh, they've turned the building into some kind of a Buddhist temple or something. It's kind of sad, really. But I remember it as a little gospel house. They called it gospel temple or gospel house, something like that. Where was I? If we disown him, deny him, refuse him, we were at that place, you know. But I came to the place where I knew I had no hope. I was lost. And if I didn't receive Jesus, what, what kind of a future did I have? Absolutely none. But Jesus said the same thing too, didn't he? He says, whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. And, and you know, people think they can say and do whatever they want to say and do, but it's not true. It's not true. There will come a day, there will come a, re a day of reckoning. How about this last one here, number four? If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. He cannot disown himself. You know, looking at that, I, I, I kind of see, and I, and I read different people talk about it in kind of in two different ways, really. Uh, number one, two different cases. Number one, those who have no faith, Right? Those who just, they have no faith in God at all. They, they, they never surrendered to him. They, they don't believe in God as a creator. They don't believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Does that change the truth of who God is because they don't believe it? See, if we, if we have no faith, we're completely faithless. God will remain faithful. He can't disown himself. He can't deny himself. He is who he is. It doesn't change who he is. Because people don't believe in him, it doesn't make him disappear. It doesn't, you know, 
make him not exist. So that's one kind of case that I see that this can apply to. But I think, I think the second one is kind of more, most of us are in this second category where, where we have faith, but there are times when we are just pretty much faithless. You ever get to that place? You know the guy who said, you know, I do believe. See, you all know that. Now, there's a reason you all know that. Because you can relate to it. You know, we, we, you know it, sometimes it's like a roller coaster. You know, like we, we, we just have so much faith and we're trusting in God and he's going to do so many wonderful things. And then we're kind of down at the bottom and we're going like, I don't even know if I can, you know, make it through one more day. I don't even know if I'm going to, I don't even know if I'm saved today. And if you're, you know, we can get to the depths, really, of this kind of thing. But that's, that's when we have to trust in him the most. That's when, even when we can't trust in him, that's when we, we, we know what God's word says here is that he remains faithful. He will always be faithful. He can't be anything but faithful. And when you're feeling weak and your faith, your faith is feeling like it's been beat up and you just can't even hold on anymore, God is faithful. He's going he's to continue to take care of it. That's why Philippians, Paul said, you know, that, that he who began a good work in you will what? Carry it on to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. He who started the work will finish the work in you, in me. He who started that. You see, it's not all dependent upon us. Yeah, we have to surrender to him, but, but it's pretty much his thing from beginning to end. And, and he remains faithful. He remains faithful. This statement I want to make, and, and, and see, see what you think about this. He doesn't depend on us. He doesn't depend on us. Good thing. I like that, yeah. Good thing. He doesn't depend on you. He doesn't depend on me. He is God. You can do a study. I, I'll just mention a few here about his faithfulness. In, in Exodus 34, he is abounding in faithfulness. None of these things, by the way, can be said about us. At least for the most part. Psalm 36, his faithfulness reaches to the skies. Hebrews chapter 10, he who promised is faithful, keeps his promises. 1 Thessalonians 5, the one who calls you is faithful. And what? He will do it. He will do it. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. He can't disown himself. God can be trusted. God will always be faithful even when we're not. That's kind of encouraging. Not that we're going to be unfaithful. That's not encouraging. That's discouraging, right? But that God is going to always be faithful no matter what we're going through. If we truly belong to him, if we are one of those who have died with Jesus, we belong to him forever. We're his. He's going to, he's going to get you there. He's going to get you to the end, to the very end. He can always be trusted. How about a few more? I wanted to, to give you a few more just because. Just so you see that I wasn't really making this up. Right? Just because I had math way back when, right? 
I don't even know what calculus is, to be honest with you. Uh, you know. How about this one? To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said what? If you hold to my teaching, and, and, and the, the language uh, means there, if you abide in my teaching, if you live in, you, then you are really my disciples. Then what? You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's a conditional statement, right? If you abide in my word, if you live in my word, if you open my word, if you read my word, if you study my word, if you, if you spend time with me in my word, he says, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. I don't know about you, but this world is full of lies. This, this existence that I face in my own life is full of lies. But the first piece of armor that uh, Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 6 is what? The belt of truth. When you put on the belt of truth, you can fight those lies that are coming at you, that are coming at me. But he says we need to be in the word. Be in the word. That's like, that's like following Jesus Step one, get in the Word, stay in the Word, be in the Word. I say it all the time because you know what? I know what life is like. It can take us away. The lie, the lie is, well, you don't really need to, to read the Bible. You can hear it on Sunday. Even though you can't understand that guy, you can still hear it on Sunday. Maybe you'll understand, pick something up. But God is saying, you know what? I want you to open my book. I want, I, want to, I want to send you the truth. I want to give you the truth. I want you to be set free. I want to encourage you, and I really want to challenge you as well, to, to make it a habit in your life. Make it a habit in your life. To spend, say, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, whatever you can find the time to do to spend this quiet time with you and Jesus in the Word. Say, I don't know how to do it. It's very simple. Right? Yeah, just open it up. Well, I can't understand the words. We'll get a version that's easy to understand. Well, I don't know where to start. Don't start in Leviticus. <laughs> okay? Start in the New Testament. Just read, read a, a half a chapter, read, uh, you know, five verses. In the New Testament, I read the New Testament today, I read the, the Old Testament tomorrow. This is what I do, this is, this is my pattern. Everybody's pattern can be different, but some read both in one day. But I read the New Testament today, the Old Testament tomorrow, and just rotate back and forth. And I might, might read one chapter in the Old Testament and try to look and see what's, what's there. Try to understand what's going on. Or I might read two chapters if they kind of flow together. And then in the New Testament, I might, read, I might read a half a chapter, just even one little section. And then I'll come back to that two days from now when I come back to it. I'm going to read, pick up where I left off and, and see what kind of thoughts there. See what kind of truth this God is trying to uh, get into my life and into my heart. Talk to him about it. It's important. It's conditional. You know, if uh, some of us are like this, I think, you know, 
we just, uh, we get a big fat pillow and we just put this under the pillow and we just, man, I'm sleeping on the Word. And we're thinking it's getting into us somehow. Well, I hate to wake you up because it ain't working. It ain't going to happen. It doesn't happen that way until you open it up, blow the dust out. Oh, did you see that? No, I'm just kidding. I got another one for you. This is one of my favorites too. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Now, the rest of the Bible tells us, because if you ask the question, well, is God for us? Is God for you? Yeah, the Bible tells us that He is. I mean, He's so much for you and for me that He sent His only Son to die. He proved it, right? He made sure you're going to understand that, that I am for you. But if God is for us, then who can be against us? Who can be against us? See, I think I have one more up there. Let's see. I lost my place. Um, I want you to turn with me. There's uh, Turn to the end of the book. We're going to look at a couple of these together before we close. 1 John chapter 1. Let's turn there. James, Peter, John, Jude, Revelation. 1 John chapter 1. Turn with me, please. Verses 6 through 10. In these verses, uh, there are five conditional statements. Five in those verses. Verses 6 through 10. Let's look at it. Verse 6, he says, If we what? Claim to have fellowship with him, yet we walk in the darkness, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. If we claim... We say we have fellowship, and yet we're walking in darkness. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're professing to have something, and yet we're walking, or if we're professing to be in the light, we're walking in darkness. He says, uh-uh. We're lying. We're lying to ourselves. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. If we walk in the light, we have fellowship. If we're walking in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That, that, that deals with us together here. And also the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us. Verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That's a, that's a lie of the world, right? There's no such thing as sin. I don't have any sin. I'm not a sinner. Why, why are you telling me that? We deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, and we all know this verse, I think. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful. There it is again. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's a conditional statement, isn't it? What, what do we need to do? What's our part? Confess our sins. And God is faithful. He can't be anything but faithful. Now sometimes when we, when we fall short, when we blow it, and we come and confess our sins, you always feel like this is a problem. Do you always feel like you've been forgiven? 
You always feel like you've been cleansed and washed? Not necessarily, right? You kind of go through that for a while. You kind of have to go through it. But the Word of God says, and and again, the truth of what God's Word says is that He is faithful and just, and He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's a promise. Verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar, and His Word has no place in us or in our lives. One more, just one. Okay, this is it, really, I promise you. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Some of you know this verse, but go ahead and turn with me. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Some of you don't have to look it up because you know this verse, right? Revelation 3, 20. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. You see the conditional statement there? What do we need to do? Hear his voice and open the door. He says, I will come in. If you, if you open the door, he will come in and he will eat with you and with me. He will come in and have fellowship with us. This verse, you know, uh, is used in different ways. People use it as a kind of an evangelistic verse, you know, sharing with unbelievers, you know, that you need to open the door to your heart. And is that true? Yes, it's true. But some also point out that these verses are written to the church, to believers. So even to believers, is he saying, you know, I'm, I'm knocking at your door, believer. I want to come in. I want to fellowship with you. I want to eat with you. But you know, when I look at it, it says anyone. I think it applies to both. I think every one of us, whether a believer or an unbeliever, he's knocking on the door and he wants to come in and have fellowship with it. He wants to, to, to spend time with you and with me. If we'll open the door, he says, I'll come in. It's a promise. It's a promise. So, we're back to the if then, you know. If then. Which of these, of all the ones we've looked at today, fits you? If we died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we'll also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. Maybe one of these is kind of stirring in your heart and life. Maybe it's a, a time for you just to say, okay, I hear you knocking. I hear, I, I hear what you're trying to say, and I, I just want to, to surrender to you today, right here and right now. So we're just going to take a minute. We're going to close our eyes. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray before we close and, and worship and, and just take a moment and say, God, I trust in you and God, I believe in you and God, I, I want to uh, answer the call. I want to answer that knock on the door, whether I'm a believer and I'm an unbeliever, you're still knocking and you want to come in the door of my heart, the door of every person in this room and, and you want us to answer the door. You want to spend time with us. You want to spend time breaking bread, fellowshipping.
walking with us through this life, the, the trials, the suffering, the things that we have to endure. Father, I, I pray first for those maybe that, are, that have never trusted, never opened the door to you ever, Jesus. And, and today is a day of salvation. Today is the day like we sang that, that Jesus, uh, that you're knocking and, 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 and they know, they know that they're without you. They know that they need you. But the enemy's telling them something different. So the truth is that you love them and you, you gave your life for them. You died on the cross for their sins. You rose from the dead and, and you're knocking today and you want to come in. If that's you this morning, please, don't pretend like you, you can't hear the knock. You can't hear his voice because he wants to come in. He will come in. All you have to do is answer the door and say, open up and say, let, let him in. Say, here, I, I open the door to you. Please come in to my life today. Lord, hear those prayers. There's some in this room that are saying that today, that are ready to say that today. I believe it. Some that are calling on your name today to be saved. Lord, answer that cry, the cry of their hearts, Lord, today, as they answer the call, as they answer the knock at their, the door of their hearts. And maybe others of us are just struggling. We believe in you, but we, our faith is pretty weak right now. And you're knocking and, and you, you're saying, listen, I'm going to take care of this. You can trust me. I, even if your faith is weak, my faith never gets weak. I'm, I'm going to be faithful from now until eternity and on through eternity. I can't be anything but faithful. You're telling us today, Lord, so we call out to you, Lord. We confess our weakness. Pray that you would give us the strength we need to persevere, to endure. Just take a moment. Just take a moment between you and him. Talk to him. It's you and it's between you and him, not anybody else. Lord, we thank you that you are Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together one more song, shall we?